Sedano and LZ with you here on a Monday. Yes, Hope sir. everyone had a great weekend. Uh, it is interesting, LZ, because I, I do want to start with the Lakers here in a second. But, you know, Chris mentioned the picks against the spread. Did he you did. notice that we normally have to drag it out of Greg Bergman to get those picks against the spread on Mondays uh, or even Tuesday, Wednesday, even sometimes, uh, depending on when the last game is? And he texts that thing right after all those games were over yesterday because he had the highest score. You know, it was weird um, because I'm pretty sure the ref was actually still blowing the whistle to end the final game, and he had already sent the text out. Look, you guys want to throw me under the bus. That's totally fine. But you guys were talking about it, so I thought, hey. I might what were we talking it. about? I literally just said, wow, that, the end of that Cardinals game was amazing. And, and that then, was all I text th- about those games. And then Laura and LZ started talking about, oh, well, I had this many points. Well, I had this many points. No, 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 no. I made my joke about the Rams. I just said randomly the Rams are my five. It wasn't even a conversation about the picks. I was just being silly. You had a good week, young man, and you wanted us to congratulate you, and we didn't give you that love, did we? No, Laura, 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 I know you'd like to be against me. But you know you were asking about the, the scores. You I, even text me separately. I about did. It. Okay. First you text them separately. I yeah. did. I text before he even texted the group. Chiba. Wait. First of all, no. First of all, <laughs> I text him way before. I think my text prompted him to text the entire group. That's just me because I was like, hey, I won. I finally got a good week. And then when I saw the entire scores, I'm like, damn, how did I still not do that good? <laughs> I was so math. proud. <laughs> I was so proud. I was like, I won everything except for the Cardinals game. I'm like, but they lost by like two. So can I still get it? And he was like, no. I was like, okay, fine. You know, it was a joke. And then I got the scores. I'm like, how did you still win? I'm like, I felt so proud of myself for one week. And then I saw that. I'm like. I'm done. <laughs> this is why I don't care about the spread. You have to keep I, fighting. You have to keep fighting. You know. Don't give up. Yeah. And all those keep other going. inspirational lyrics. It's okay. <laughs> I've had a zero week and a three week, and I'm still within striking distance. So it just, you, know, mm. you just got to have a couple good weeks. That's true. Um, all right. Speaking of having a couple of good weeks, the Lakers have had a couple of good months. Uh, and it continues in the offseason, LZ, as they add Dennis Schroeder. Uh, mm-hmm. You and I actually talked about him a few weeks ago. and Because he was on the block. Um, I've always been a fan. Uh, his shooting has improved. Now, some people think that 39% is a little fluky for him. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But he's shown a propensity to be able to get better at shooting. We know he can control the, the, the tempo of the game. We know he can score. And he's a really good defender. Like, I actually think this was a tremendous victory for the Lakers adding him for Danny Green and the 28th pick. I would agree with you. Um... You know, the the joke was, you know, oh, if Danny Green ends up back in San Antonio and starts hitting those threes again, it's like going, no, we're still good. We're still good. Thank you very much for your service. He was a, a great person in the locker room and to be around, and I'm happy we won a championship with him. But this is an improvement um, in terms of what the Lakers need. Um, and it's not like they don't need someone with his experience and skills and talent, but to preserve LeBron James, especially considering how quickly the season is restarting, you need to have a playmaker he can, who can eat up minutes. Now, I don't know if this means Rondo is going to be here or not. We still got to figure out what to do with KCP. We still got to figure out what to do with Avery Bradley. But we know that Rondo can't sit there and play 30 minutes either every night. So it's good to have some youth as well as a playmaker 
to back up LeBron James when he wants to get when he needs to get some rest. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder is young. He is a younger uh, version of actually, you know, the guy they compared him a lot to uh, when he came into the league was Rondo. To be honest with you, so mm-hmm. uh, it, it is interesting that they have kind of a similar build, right? Uh, similar games, al- although Dennis probably uh, a little more effective. Uh, at the basket, certainly at this stage of his career, I don't think there's any question, right? Because yeah. you're looking at I a mean, guy who's, who's still Rondo very was the, young. Rondo was the better player. Like when when it's all said and done, Rondo was the better player back like in the his, day. He was yeah, right. like his not, yeah, yeah, like his peak. Like right. Schroeder hasn't come close to what that peak Rondo was. So Rondo was a better player, but at this stage, to your point, he's functioning more on wisdom and skill than athleticism and youth. And I think we need a little bit more of the latter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I love the move for them. The question is, um, how does he fall into this? He was second in the league last year in the six-man-of-the-year voting. Is he in that traditional role that he's been in? Is he a starter? I mean, he's been both, really, uh, you know, for uh, different parts of his career. But, you know, it, I guess it all really depends, to your point, as you mentioned, Avery Bradley and KCP and what happens with them. Are they still part of this team or not? And that will probably tell us what Schroeder's role will be on this squad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm not opposed to, you know, bringing one, if not both of those guys back. Um, talking about Avery Bradley and KCP. Because that team up north, they're coming back healthy. <laughs> and we're going to need defensive-minded guards who can shoot as well to chase those two dudes around. And Avery Bradley as well as KCP are guys that can do that for us. Because don't think because, you know, they didn't win the finals and then they weren't around last season that that franchise and that that dynasty is over. They're very much still a threat. So you need to make sure that as we're putting this this roster together that we aren't just simply focusing on the Clippers and making sure that we have lengthy, long wings. But we also need to be paying attention to the Golden State Warriors and whatever may come out of the East in their backcourt. Yeah, because the East is going to be pretty – I mean, it's going to be fairly competitive next year. If James Harden, which we'll get to later, uh, gets to Brooklyn, all of a sudden they're the favorite in the East. They have this three-headed monster there. Uh, We know that Boston and Miami and Milwaukee and Toronto, right, like those teams are all going to be in that mix too. Um, So, yeah, like the, the East, whoever comes out of the East is going to be a formidable opponent. So you're right. I do think they have to look beyond just their backyard. Right. Right, and that means you need guys who can be wings, but also not the kind of wings that if you find yourself on a point guard like Steph, you're completely out of your league. Yeah. Like, so KCP is like a really good height to be able to guard a bigger and a smaller wing, and he's really important to get back, but also like Avery Bradley if we can. Yeah, look, I think you'd like to have another guy who can defend, right, on the perimeter, to your point, because the Warriors have plenty of those perimeter guys. If you end up facing Brooklyn in the finals, you need perimeter guys, right, guys who can defend. So I I do think there's a lot of things in play here, for sure. The question is, like, if Rondo's not here, do you buy Kendrick Perkins' idea that he's a Clipper? Um, I would think that if I'm the Clippers, Rondo is the call that I'm making first. Because it was clear what they need is someone who can organize them. And in terms of free agency, um, you can't get better than than Rondo. I know right, we like right. to clown and, and him for a lot of reasons. And to your point, they don't need him to play 25, 30 minutes. Right. They just need him for 20, 15. Right. Yeah. You know, keep Patrick Beverly if you can and make sure that he sets a, <clears throat> excuse me, a defensive tone. 
But when there are critical moments of a game and you need to make sure that the offense is organized, you sit Pat Bev down right, and you, you play, play Rondo. Rondo. Right. Uh, all right, we'll get back to this in a second. Uh, I, there's a lot of basketball stuff. It's crazy. This week, this is why we're going to own this week, because there's a lot of basketball stuff. There's crazy football stuff. We're going to talk NFL, Rams, Raiders, Chargers with Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst, the big swagoo, joins us in three minutes. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Don't forget, in the 5 o'clock hour, hopefully you were listening to the 3 o'clock hour to Mason and Ireland for the destination of the day, the road trip destination of the day, because in the 5 o'clock hour, we're giving you a chance to win one of those 15 virtual keys for that car we're going to give away, a 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport, courtesy of our friend Sal Gonzalez and the folks at Culver City Mazda. We are giving away the car on November 30th, so you have your chance to win. So you got to be listening in that 5 o'clock hour. It can happen at any given point. All right, a lot of NFL stuff to discuss. We bring in uh, Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst. Man, you can watch this guy anywhere. NFL Live, first take, get up. Is there a, is there a job you don't have right now, Spears? I got I got three kids, man. I got to have every job. <laughs> Tell them. Me. Let them know. I ain't mad at you. I'm out here. I'm out here grinding, baby. That's it. That's all I'm doing. There you go. That's well, exactly what you need to do. I'll tell you this: we are we we are having. Uh, listen, especially in this business, you got to have as many jobs as you damn can. Um, so it, we are having you on now, and we are having your cousin from another mother, uh, Mark Spears, on at five forty, just because we wanted to add the degree of difficulty of making sure we got uh, each and each one of you's name right when we brought you guys on. I know that you guys were confused for each other on the Kellerman show last week, so we wanted to just kind of continue the bit and bring you both on uh, to this show today, even though it will be separately and for specific reasons to talk football and then later basketball for Mark. Yeah, no doubt, man. I know he had a. I know he had a busy day. We get mixed up all the time. We get mixed up on emails. I almost swung me a ticket to the champion to the NBA Finals a couple of years ago. <laughs> I was being on the email chain, but I, I couldn't do him like that. So I had to finally call him and hit him up and tell him his people had reached out. But yeah, man, it's it, all kind of news today. CP3 going to air, um, going to the Phoenix and football going crazy. It's a lot going on, man. Y'all got me and Cuz. We try to listen. This is a Spears takeover of ESPN. <laughs> we low key been planning this for years, and we finally got to the point where I was holding up my end of the bargain, man. <laughs> man, you sound like a villain monologuing towards the end of the crime and going, Now you <laughs> shall die. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Spears, I, wa- I want you to ease my mind about my Rams because I'm a Rams fan. Love the team, want them to win the Super Bowl, but I keep looking at them side-eyed because of, of what I see from the quarterback. <clears throat> Is the side-eyed wrong, or are the numbers wrong? The side-eye is right, um, and I hate to, I hate to say it because I know you're a fan. I've known that for a while, but it's just, for me, I, I guess how I do my job, man, is I look at who you beat. Right, and I tabulate like what's the success rate of a team based on who they played that we think is valuable. So I'm gonna go through the list. The Rams beat Dallas, Philly. Well, they beat the NFC East. That's not really saying much. They beat Chicago, which is a really good defense, and they put up you know 24 points on them. 
And then you just get the win over Seattle, whose secondary has decided just not to play football this year for some reason. <laughs> they just all decided that we will hopefully Ruskin score 50 a game and we win that way. On the, on, on the, on the brighter side, LZ, is defensively up front, the amount of pressure that they apply is paramount when you get down the stretch, especially when we're talking about playoff teams because a lot of football becomes – situational and you have to have dudes that can get it done we look the seattle game right you dk Metcalf didn't get on the board until the third quarter that's because Jalen ramsey is out there now i still say that rush should have tried to attack Jalen ramsey which is probably not smart most of the time but it is a six five cyborg over there that's playing wide receiver <laughs> but they decided to go away from that so it, it's just a wait and see approach um, and, and I think that's where I think that's where we are right now with the Rams. We've seen them have the high highs and the low lows, right? The Miami game was abysmal because they put Jared Goff in a situation where he had to be the type of quarterback that he does not thrive well at being. Sean McVay does a tremendous job putting him in situations where he can move the pocket, make quick, decisive throws. And, and look, he's a $100 million quarterback, and people say, well, you're supposed to be able to play any kind of way. His game is just not drop back. It's play action. It's because of the success of the running game, which they were having this past weekend. So, look, they're a team that can get hot, and obviously we know they have the players. It's just it, it literally boils down to when Jared Goff is taken out of his comfort zone, can he still get the ball to Reynolds and Woods and Cup? Can he still do the things that you need to do to operate at a high level offensively? Because I think defensively they can they can play against anybody and feel good about their personnel. Offensively, if your quarterback can be taken out of his element and put into another one, can he successfully do what you need him to do? Which remains the biggest question. Marcus Spears with us here. Check him out on NFL Live. First take, get up all over ESPN. NFL analyst. We are big fans of well, both guys, both Sean McVay and Coach Lynn here on this show. Um, It feels like, though, that it's ominous for Coach Lynn just because at the end of the day, you know, it's it's wins and losses, right? Um, I hope that he gets the chance to grow with this particular young man at quarterback in Justin Herbert, but what is your sense of what's missing from the Chargers to get victories? (sighs) Just finish. Man, listen, the the simplest way to say it is finish, right? I think they've missed Eckler for sure. Um, even in some of those games when you've needed to have a significant run game um, or, or just something to go to to buy you time, whether you're holding the lead or you in a situation where you're trying to cap a game off. But if you look at the losses, it's just heartbreaking, man. Like, I don't know how you're a Chargers fan right now and, and still live it. Um, the Chiefs, you lose by three. The Saints, you lose by three. The Chiefs, arguably the best team in the league in the AFC, right? Not undefeated, but took the loss to the Raiders, but obviously we know what Kansas City is. Lost by seven to the Bucks. I said the Saints, lost by three. You lose to the Broncos, which is which, which I'm like, okay, is this a significant indictment? Because the Broncos are not good. You lose that by one. And you, you go down the list, and Anthony Lynn was a part of the coaching staff for a couple of years when I was in Dallas. 
And I want to see Anthony Lynn have a tremendous amount of success. And you look at these games and you're saying they're in them. They have a chance to win them, but they're not finishing. And ultimately, to your point, it's going to really come down to the wins and losses. And I feel like I feel like A. Lynn is on thin ice, man. And I hate saying that, but I really do. Because they are going that, – that ownership, that front office is going to – try to determine is there a significant coach we can identify out there where we win these games as opposed to losing them and that's always the question when you have coaches that's on the cusp yeah he's good but we can't get over the hump that's going to be the question they're going to start looking for a coach that can get them over the hump and they think Justin Herbert is going to be the future and based on how he's playing he will be so Anthony Lynn may be the odd man out in that in that transition, and I hate saying it because we need black coaches in the NFL at at the most. Marcus, I wrote something very very similar for the LA Times today about Coach Lynn, but the one thing that I hung everything on was the fact that this team has been snake bitten by injuries to key players, and it's yes. really difficult yes. to finish a game when your depth can't help you finish that game. So you can 100%. stay in the game, but eventually the depth just wears you out. They're starting the guy in running back right now. They just signed in the practice squad right before Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you you make a great point. And I wish um I wish that that would be a part of listen, here here's the conundrum. Because what you said is very interesting in this particular situation. The conundrum now for Anthony Lynn is this, which may end up being what gets him, is that this success that Justin Herbert is having may work to his detriment. Alright? What do what what do all of these front offices try to go and do once they identify that they have a franchise quarterback and he's young? They go try to find the next offensive mind who who could considerably not be ready to be a head coach. But he's good enough to groom this young guy. And I'm hoping that doesn't be that is not the narrative that plays out for Anthony Lynn, but losing these close games is not helping him in that regard because we all see the trends in the league. We all understand what 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 how these copycat ideas go when teams are trending in the right direction. So I just I, I have a it's been very interesting. I've been trying to keep my finger on the pulse of that of is his time actually going to be cut short because of the success of Justin Herbert? Which I think is an interesting study, man. Because if, you, if you're telling me that the trend of the league is going to hold up, then you go and find an offensive coordinator, an offensive mind, uh, Eric Bieniemy, or Arthur Smith or Brian Daybowl, and you want them to be surrounded, you want them to be around Justin Herbert and, and kind of pushing his career along along with making that a better team. Um, and to your point, too, about the injuries, I think if Bosa is playing in a couple of these games, they win them. As simple as that. But he's not, and your job is to get them Ws. And I think that's how they're going to look at it, ultimately. Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst. Check him out on NFL Live. First take, get up. Wherever you find him, he is giving you the goods. So thank you, sir, for stopping by. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Absolutely, sir. my brothers. Y'all take care. All right, take care. There he is, Marcus Spears with us here. Uh, Mark Spears will talk NBA with us at 540, but you and I, LZ, will go into the team the Lakers could face moving forward 
for championships. It is hard out here for a pimp. They unionize. That's an interesting point. Everyone else seems to be, right? Right. Uber's doing it right. Lyft. They tried. (laughs) Why Why can't the pimps get a union? You know, get some benefits. 401k. <laughs> Make it less hard. Get some good stocks and ETFs. <laughs> you, know, you know, just, I don't know. <laughs> Let somebody else take that up. <laughs> Let that be their fight for 20. Let that be your platform for 2024. Make it easier for pimps out there. <laughs> Thanks to Marcus Spears for joining us there. Uh, <laughs> talking some football. Um, let's talk some hoop here, LZ. Uh, yes, sir. We talked about Chris Paul during Purgatory. How about James Harden and the Brooklyn Nets? When you hear that, now it's his preferred destination. The Sixers are the other destination he'd like to go to. But Brooklyn is by far the number one, according to reports, okay? Yep. How do you view a Brooklyn team with Kyrie, KD, and James Harden? Are they the favorite in the East? Are they the team... To beat overall, like where where would you have such a group? Um, man, when I look at the roster construction with a proposed, you know, James Harden and the coaching staff led by Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni, as well as Amari Stoudemire, three gentlemen not known for their defense. Right. I can't help but think about the Seattle Supersonics with Tom Chambers and uh, Xavier McDaniel and Dale Ellis. Like, buckets for days, but can't stop you from doing anything. <laughs> like, right. I just feel like it, it's going to be a fun team. It's going to be an entertainment team. It's going to be a team that's going to win a lot of games. But the lack of defense is always going to make it almost impossible for them to be considered seriously for a championship. You, it's just like – I'm. I mean, I know that the names make it sound as if it's a done deal to at least win the East, but we keep forgetting defense wins championships. The Lakers won from defense. Toronto won from defense. The Golden State Warriors won from defense. The Cleveland Cavaliers won from defense. The Dallas Mavericks threw J.J. Barea on LeBron. That's defense. Like, like who's going to do that part of it, right? The role players are probably going to have to be that, or KD, right? KD, KD became an excellent defender. There's no question about it. Are you thinking that KD is an excellent defender now or that KD was an excellent defender with a defensive-minded team and that he may revert back to where he was in OKC, which is a decent defensive player, but not nearly the, the ball hawk that he was for, for Golden State? Um, look, I think that I, – I think that – as you get older, most players become better defenders just because they've seen everything, right? So I think at the very least, he he can kind of pick and choose his spots. Here's why I think this works, okay? Because when was the last time Kyrie was healthy for a whole season? High school? It's been a long time. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. It's right? been a long time is all I'll tell you because – he is relatively someone who generally gets hurt a lot. Um, last season, he played 67 games. And, you know, I'm sorry, last season he played 20 games. The year before that, he played 67 games. The most he's ever played in one season is 75, and that was back in LeBron's first season. 
back in Cleveland. So he's never played a full season. And and that's about as close as he's as he's gotten. He's got 171 game season, 175, 172, and then everything else is 60 something or below. So he's rarely healthy is the reality of this. And KD's coming off an Achilles injury, right? And we've only seen one dude come back from the Achilles and look like sort of like his old self and that was Dominique. So now, granted, KD's game is different, doesn't need the explosion that Dominique had. But still, it, I, I mean, I already looks great in these workouts. But, yep. you know, you got to imagine that there's going to be moments where there's going to be fatigue, right, uh, because yep. of the injury. And it's not, you know, workouts are not games. So I actually think it's smart to have Harden on their roster because of that, because of the unknown of the injury situation. I mean – I can certainly see making sure he's there to, to, you know, carry the load offensively if need be, and especially in his first year, to your point, where Katie's trying to build his wind back up and we're not quite sure in the health of Kyrie. But it's not as if – it's not LeBron's coming to town, so now you're a favorite. It's James Harden comes to the town, and you're still a question mark. Why? Because we know what a James Harden-led team looks like with Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> Right, like we already know what this game, what this movie is. So I, 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 I'm fascinated from the perspective of all these personalities put together with a first year head coach. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating to me. But if you're asking me if I feel as if that's the move that's going to make them the automatic favorites to win it all, I'm going to say no. Is it a? Will it make them a favorite to get to the conference finals? Absolutely, absolutely. But then it's going to be defense. And if they run up against the Heat and the defense they play, I mean. I, I just think they have too much firepower, man. Like, I don't think anybody can guard them on the perimeter. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Golden State where, you know, like, look, you're talking about, you know, and I'm not trying to disparage Clay or, or Draymond or any of that. Like, these guys got more to go with offensively, they are more well-rounded, all three of them offensively, than even Golden State is with their guys. Like, I, I just think that it's it's going to be really challenging for anyone in the East to guard them. Now, I think the Lakers could potentially drub them because they've got the size factor, right? And they've got a guy in Schroeder now that can defend, uh, you know, guys like Kyrie or whatever, right? Like, you can find matchups that work. Uh, LeBron could take KD. You know, they can throw a bunch of guys uh, at Harden, right, which they did you know, this past season too. So, but I think in the East, yeah, I, I think they would be the team to beat, LZ, if that did happen. I don't know. I don't know, man. We've seen these flawed, you know, teams put together. Oh, it's going to be fun. Don't get me wrong, one way or another, whether it's good or, or a disaster. <laughs> yeah, like when when LeBron and AD got together, that made, made all sense. the sense in the world to Correct, me. yeah. All yeah. the sense in the world. Yep. Three perimeter wing players that all want the ball and not just want the ball to shoot effectively like a Clay Thompson, but to dribble for half an hour first. I don't know, dog. I just don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm here to see it, though. That's for sure. Give me the popcorn because <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Coming up next, what you need to know, including a hint about Giannis's future. We'll be back in three minutes. 
What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. Don't forget, coming up in the next hour, you could be like Richard Padilla from Anaheim who won and got his virtual key on Friday from the 710 ESPN Month of Giving from our friend Sal Gonzalez at Culver City Mazda. Do you want your key? You heard Mason and Ireland give out the destination of the day in the 3 o'clock hour. Hopefully you wrote it down. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour on our show, listen for Sal to give you the cue to call. When you hear it, be caller number 7 with the correct destination of the day and you could win a virtual key that could start the brand new 2021 Mazda CX-5 Sport with $1,000 in the glove box. So take a road trip on us. It's the 710 ESPN Month of Giving. Uh, Laura, do you have that sound from uh, LZ's friend Nick Kyrgios from the tennis world? Uh, so LZ, Nick Kyrgios. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He is Australian but of Greek descent, correct? This is true. Okay. So apparently he's tight with Giannis. And he was he did some interview with some... British person? I don't know who, where the audio is from because it do, or the video is from because it doesn't actually assign uh, it. It's just it popped up on the internet today, and he apparently ran into Giannis and asked him about the rumors that he was leaving. And here's what happened. Oh, I was just asking a bunch of questions. I just asked him straight away if he was going to go join Miami, <laughs> and then he had a massive smile on his face. So maybe that could be brewing. But now, look, we've heard <laughs> the smoke, right? But we listen. We know he was in Miami recently. Yep. Uh, he was vacationing there with his family. Uh, we know they've beat him. We know he has the same agent as Bam. Bam has not signed his extension yet. Not yet. No. You um, can't find the pen, George. You can't find the pen. Do you believe where there's smoke, there is fire when it comes to Giannis? Well, I will say this. Did you read the, the follow-up tweet? Uh, yes, Giannis. Giannis, Giannis. Giannis did write to him. Uh, Nick Curios, hold on, I want to make sure I get this right. Nick Why do you Kyrgios. always have to start something? Smiley face, crying, wait, smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. More yeah, like crying, laughing face. Crying emojis, right. Yes. Laughing, crying emoji, yes. Right. Yeah. So. He, he didn't so deny it. You ain't denying it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're not mad. Right. Right. <laughs> if you were, if, if you would have said, no, dog, I'm staying in Milwaukee, then it would have been over. No, but it says, why do you always have to start something? Right. <laughs> so basically, Giannis is getting fined for tampering. Yeah. He's tampering with himself. Vis-a-vis -vis Nick Kyrgios on Twitter. Hey, listen. Do you bl <laughs> if this Harden thing goes through, do you blame him? Like, if he went to Miami to join Bam and Butler and those guys, right? Like, do you blame him if, if Brooklyn's creating this super team? No, I don't blame him one bit. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, as long as, because I don't know if Harden knows this, but maybe Giannis will figure this out. There's still things you need to do to be a champion, and correct. joining another team is not going to correct that. Right. You still have stuff to do. There's you no still got stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right. That is what you need to know, presented by our friends at Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Uh, so, LZ, are you ready for some Monday afternoon quarterback? I am absolutely fired up and ready. Let's hit it, Laura. Oh, she's not ready? It's okay. Uh, I'm not ready. You know what? I changed my mind. I pulled a hammy. Hold up. Let me start the race over again. There it is. There we go. Hammy's fixed. Nope, that's not the uh, Monday afternoon quarterback open. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Laura's got the Mondays. Laura got the it's Mondays. Okay. Yeah, she's usually a hunt. You know, she bats a thousand pretty much every day. So she, you know, it's it's Mondays. You can have uh, it's all right. It's something okay. going on. You know, it's, it's all right. okay. She probably thought what you need to know was going to be a little longer too. I just 
quit it early because we're running behind on time. And I want to make sure we get everything in because we got to give away a virtual key to a car. Beep, beep. Who's and, running around? And, of course, Sean McVay, uh, his show is coming up at 6 today, so we're off a little early. Did you know that? He should be in a very good mood. He should be. Uh, so, Laura, let me know when you have Monday afternoon quarterback ready, and we will uh, we'll go to it. I guess not. She says J.B. Long is called. Hey, J.B. Long, no offense. We love your brother, but we're doing a show here. <laughs> you know, she's got to have her pay attention to what we got going on here, not uh, not what you need uh, for uh, the Sean McVay show. So uh, hey, let me ask you a question since I, you know, talking to Marcus Spears and about the fate of the Rams. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Bears versus the Vikings. The Bears are five and four. Um not necessarily setting the world on fire, but if they do find a way to win tonight, they'll be six and four, same amount of wins as the Rams. Do you think differently about that win against Chicago now than you did when it happened? Yeah, they're not that good. Which they? they well, <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, well, the Bears are definitely not that good. The Rams are just, uh, you know, ish. They're good-ish. It's so hard for me to figure out, man. Like he says, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is either. I'm with Key all together. All right, let's just. Uh, we don't have an open. We'll just get to the music so we can play Monday afternoon quarterback. Hit it, Laura. All right, there you go. Let's start with the Rams. The Rams and the Seahawks. So look, their defense was hellacious. LZ, their defense was fantastic. Um, Golf was good enough, mm-hmm. right? Like he was yep. good. Yep. Um, it doesn't have to be spectacular, but they ran the ball. They controlled the pace. The offensive line uh, was great, and then. They were still even pretty good when Andrew Whitworth went down, which we can get into. But, look, this is a situation where the Rams had three of their next four games against division opponents. They are now tied for the lead in the division. They are in, potentially, the pole position to win this particular division. But in regards to this particular game, what stood out to you the most? The defense, which has really been outstanding all season, but particularly against the Seattle Seahawks, where they hold them to a single fourth quarter uh, field goal in um, an entire second half, and then you look at the stats and realize that they haven't given up a touchdown in eight of the nine last second halves that they played. This defense can win a Super Bowl. The reason why I brought the question with Marcus, the reason why I brought the press, the question with Mace and with you and with everyone is because we know the defense can win us a Super Bowl. But can Jared Goffins' offense get us there? That remains the question. Yeah, I, and I don't know the answer to that. I, you know, Some weeks he looks good enough, but to Marcus Spears' point, who was on with us earlier, when Jared Goff gets a little rattled and you're putting pressure in his face, you know, it just doesn't feel like he's the same quarterback. Like At some point, like teams have realized what the Rams' game is. They want to play off play action with their passing game. They want to run the ball, control the clock, and use play action and move the pocket. But – you know, it's successful because they, they scheme it, but some teams can deal with it, right? They have the, the have good enough athletes to take advantage of it. Seattle clearly didn't. All right, next game. Next. Chargers and Dolphins. And, you know, look, I know the score was closer than, than what most people would have thought at the beginning of the game. Like, they fought back. I'll give them some credit for that. They're, they're not packing it in by any stretch of the imagination. But early on in that game, they just got dominated by the Dolphins, who took control of the line of scrimmage, uh, ran the ball. Uh, Tua was very efficient. He's an excellent uh, passer in regards to his accuracy uh, as a young player. 
And they're doing, they're treating him kind of like they did Russell Wilson back in the day in 2012. Throw the ball 25 times, run the ball. We have a good defense. Let them win the games for us. And the Chargers, you know, waited too little, uh, too long, LZ, to kind of find a way to get back in this game. Yeah, I mean, they have lost in a variety, you know, of ways. And you know, I wrote into today's uh, LA Times that I I felt that Coach Lynn deserved one more season because this is one a disjointed season. Two. The injuries are evident. Like, the plan was to start off with Tyrod Taylor. He gets punctured in the lungs by the medical staff before the season even starts. So he has to play a rookie who doesn't have any preseason, who barely has a camp, and he's in every single game this season. Yeah. I mean, so if nothing else, the fact that he hasn't lost the locker room and that he remains competitive despite all of the injuries, Duran James out, Joey Bosa out, no running back. I mean, it his record is awful. The team's record is awful. But if you really look at the circumstances, it just feels as if you can't punish him for things like concussion protocol for instance no I, I get it but you, we both know that that's not how this league works like I wish that people had the nuance to parse it that way but you know it is a uh, it is a subjective business in some ways um, but it, it really is your record says you know a lot about you and remember Anthony Lynn coached and played for Bill Parcells right the the record is what it says it is you know yep. so it is an unfortunate situation for Anthony Lynn uh, hopefully they can turn it around and, and have a late push, and this won't be a discussion, but it, it just doesn't look great right now, unfortunately, for Coach Lynn. Next. <laughs> Raiders and Broncos. Yo, the Raiders were dominant, LZ, and that's what you got to do against bad teams. They went out there and kicked their ass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not really much more to say, you know, Denver is not a very good team. Um, unfortunately, the Chargers still found a way to lose to them a couple weeks ago. But they're not a good team. And when you're facing a bad team, you need to do what the Raiders did, which is let them know right away you're outclassed and we're not asleep at the wheel. And you don't belong out here with us. Right. And they, they definitely did that. I'm curious to see, man. The Raiders are 6-3. and three. They are in the wild card spot. Like, they look good. Uh, there's a collision course game with the Dolphins coming up in about four weeks or so. If, if those two teams continue on that same path, and it, you know it'll probably be for one of the last wild card spots. So it'll be really interesting to see how that how the season continues to play out for them. Next, Arizona and Buffalo, the most exciting ending to all the games yesterday. LZ, without a doubt, a hail mary throw from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins who said it's basically what he did was like dunking on someone, the equivalent to dunking <laughs> on someone. Now, I would say it's like an alley-oop almost, uh, kind of like Kobe to Shaq against Portland or something. But uh, that game was fun, man. Uh, Arizona plays fun games. So does Buffalo, for that matter. It was back and forth the whole way, and literally up until there was two seconds left, uh, Arizona was able to pull away and uh, on a miraculous play. I, I believe that we're watching – what the NFL is going to look like for years to come. Yeah. Which is mobility is king. Yeah, both guys. Yeah. Both guys. When you got two guys who can throw and run and scramble, it just makes for an exciting game and a better product. And so just beyond the wins and losses and trying to win a Super Bowl, this is also a, an entertainment business. And watching guys 
that can do what we saw from you know Allen as well as Murray yesterday, that's going to drive the interest in NFL up even higher. So it was a great game, but I think it's also a precursor of where this league is headed. No doubt. Last game next. <laughs> Pats Ravens big upset. The Pats were seven point underdogs at home. LZ. The weather was miserable. We have both lived in the Northeast. Yes. That was an awful thing to watch. Uh, but the Patriots. Cam Newton kind of went into that one going like, you know, you guys like to talk about Lamar a lot, but you know, I was uh, just as good as Lamar at one point in my life, and I'm going to show you that I still got it. And he definitely showed him he got it yesterday. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, Baltimore's got some issues. Mm-hmm. You know, well, Lamar some, has some issues. Well, Baltimore, like the entire team has some issues. Lamar obviously isn't doing or isn't able to do some of the things he did a season ago, but we knew defenses were going to adjust once they had enough film on him. The question is, why haven't the Ravens thought of that yet? <laughs> Why are the Ravens coaching staff playing checkers when they know they're in a chess lead? So when I'm saying that the, the Ravens are in trouble, it's like, why weren't you ready for the adjustments that were going to come? Because Bill Belichick is the king of adjustments, and if you want to be a championship caliber team, you need a coaching staff that can adjust for the adjustments. Right. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, Harbaugh has been good there. Uh, there's no doubt. But... Uh, there is going to need to be some reflection. And teams also catching up, to Lamar's point last week, teams also catching up with what they're doing. All right, that is Monday afternoon quarterback. Coming up next, the Lakers find themselves in the pole position. We talked about the Rams being in the pole position. The Lakers aren't done yet. I think they're going to make another move. We'll tell you what that is in three minutes. 